Welcome back to the Kingdom Concepts Podcast. This is your host, Lamar Biggs. I pray you're having a wonderful day. And for those of you who've already tuned into the first episode, I pray that you have been blessed. And now we're on to the next. So this is just a follow-up of the previous episode entitled, I Didn't Expect This. All right? I didn't expect this. And so... Because it happened already, a lot of us get blindsided by a lot of things. And not knowing that we have some programs internally that cause some things. Yes, life happens and we can't plan for the unforeseen circumstances. But we still have to have an internal compass to say, okay, if this happens, then this is how I'll react. This is how I'll respond. And I believe many of us struggle because we respond automatically based on the current programming and so right now we're going to look at the part two to i didn't expect this but in retrospect a lot of us can relate to that where we were blindsided and hit with circumstances that we can truly say wow really didn't see this coming you know but that's all right this is what we do now for those of you who have not yet listened to part one i ask you please go and listen to part one just so you could fully appreciate the steps shared in this episode. Alright? And I also want to make mention of the first episode that we did for the year. At that time, I was having a lot of technical difficulties. So I wasn't able to record with my original equipment. And I had to record straight from my phone. No edits. No, no crispy clean sound. No anything like that. And sometimes things like that happen and we have to just keep it moving in spite of. And so how do you respond in times of adversity and in times of uncertainty and in times of, you know, wow, I really didn't expect this to be happening. No, when you expected things to be flowing freely. We're going to look at the programming, the internal side of it. How do I prepare myself before being blindsided? And remember, guys, this is the Kingdom Concepts podcast, divine principles for earthly living. All right. So for those of you who have not yet listened to part one, go ahead and do so. Then you can come right back to this. Okay, so let's get into it now. I want to remind us that the Bible is our instruction manual as believers. And remember that all things were written for our learning. According to Romans chapter 15, verse 14. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Right? So nothing happens to us that has not happened before to somebody else. Yes, we have unique situations at times, but it's unique to us in our current generation. But someone who has walked this life before has encountered that. All things were written for our learning. And also remember, according to Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verses 9 and 10, that there is no new thing under the sun. Anything that has happened will happen and will continue to happen. Therefore, we need not suffer unnecessarily. All we have to do is make reference to someone who has gone through what we are going through or might go through and say, okay, how did they handle that? What did they do? And what will I need to do if or when that happens? So how do we handle adversity? By preparing ourselves mentally. That's the first thing. 
Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Transformation only comes through renewing of our minds. So whatever it is that we are dealing with, we have to have a renewed mindset. If we tend to worry when things go bad, we have to change that mentality to put it in prayer instead. We have to acknowledge the error of always. We have to see where we went wrong and be like, okay, I didn't pray. I didn't seek God about that. I didn't believe him long enough. I didn't this. I didn't that. We have to acknowledge where we fell short and come to grips with that. After that, we have to accept the responsibility for our choices and our actions, as well as the need to change. Now, this is for those of us who realize that there are some things happening in our lives that we can control in terms of we can do better or do differently. It's not about the circumstances beyond our reach. All we're talking about is what could we do differently in the grand scheme of things. And after accepting that responsibility, our next thing is to renounce and to repent. For example, you spend several hours scrolling through social media every day, knowing that you have precious time going down the drain and a lot of work to be done. We have to renounce that practice. It means we've got to cut ties with that. Yes, you've got to stay informed. You have to connect with your family and your friends. But do it in a shorter time frame. Instead of scrolling for three to four hours, check up on your social media, let's say three or four times of the day, three to five minutes at a time. That's a significant reduction. Discipline is needed, but it must be done. And to repent means not to say sorry, but to change directions. If you keep stepping on my toe and telling me, sorry, you haven't repented because you're still doing it. Repentance means that I acknowledge what I've done and I'm willing to make the changes necessary to make things better. So remember, how we handle adversity, we prepare ourselves mentally. We acknowledge the error of our ways. We accept responsibilities and then we renounce, which is cut ties. And repent, meaning to change direction, not just merely saying sorry. So let's look into the action plan. Came up with 10 points that can help us to deal with adversity. So that's even when things catch us off guard again, instead of saying, I didn't expect this, we can now say, okay, all right, it happened. And this is what I'm going to do subconsciously. So get your pens and your papers ready. And let us go into this. Number one, study the scriptures. You might be saying, how does that pencil out into preparing for adversity? We'll get there. First step, study the scriptures. Second Timothy 2 verse 15. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You're not trying to impress your favorite celebrity pastor. You're not trying to impress even your local pastor. You're not trying to impress family or friends. You are doing this in your duty to please God, to show yourself approved unto him. He's the only one that matters. At the end of the day, he's the one that's going to say, well done, or depart. Nobody else, nobody else matters in the grand scheme of things. So study the scriptures to show yourselves approved unto God. The word study means to exert oneself, to give diligence, to make haste, to labor, 
for those of us who, who study hard to get a good GPA and to get on the honor roll, you understand what study means. It doesn't mean reading a few scriptures here and there. It means to dive into the word. If you need, you did all-nighters to keep your GPA above 3.5 or that 4.0, well, guess what? You will not receive certain revelation or certain levels of intimacy with God by just giving him a few minutes here and there. Not knocking the daily bread or these daily devotionals. They really help. But I'm talking this next level kind of thing. If God deserves our very best because he commands us to love him with all our hearts, mind, soul, body, and strength. And so if we do not give him what we give to the schoolwork and the work and the business, even some of us give more to ministry than to God. We've got to fix that. Number two, examine our ways according to Haggai chapter one. Sometimes things happen to us because we neglect the things of God. And he asked them the question through the prophet Agai, don't you realize that you work hard, but it's like you work to put money into a bag with holes. Don't you realize that you, you plant a lot of food, but you only reap a little bit. Don't you realize the rain isn't falling like it used to. Don't you realize the Lord is like, I'm trying to get your attention. If you put my work on pause, I'm going to disrupt everything in your life. Because nothing really matters at the end of the day. Only what we do for Christ shall stand. Number three, identify the culprits. Whether it's worry, doubt, unbelief, anger, malice, you name it. We have to identify the culprits. We have to realize what are the things that cause us to be reacting or responding in a particular way time and time and time again. And take it a step further. Check your lineage for recurring tendencies. If we look at Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, all three of them had a barren wife. That's a generational thing right there. Yes, they were blessed. Yes, they were called and chosen by God. But they were generational things that hindered all three of the patriarchs. Look in the family of David. Jesse, David, Solomon, the others. They all had problem with the flesh where women are concerned. There are things connected to us that we inherited. And we have to identify every single culprit that we can. So we can break certain cycles and start new ones. Number four. Search the scriptures that give you power against those culprits. For example, if you are hot-tempered, keep repeating Proverbs chapter 15 verse 1. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a grievous word stirs up anger. You have to remind yourself of the scriptures that counteract whatever culprits are in our lives. Job, for example, made a covenant with his eyes not to lust. According to Job chapter 31 verse 1. Job made a covenant with his eyes. And as we know, Job was a very diligent man. He went as far as making sacrifices for his sons when they had their parties, just in case, he said, they cursed God in their hearts unknowingly. And just before he allowed anything to happen where his marriage was concerned, he said he made a covenant with his eyes not to lust after a young woman. We have to take it that militantly. Alright? If it's lying, see Proverbs chapter 12 verse 22. Lying is an abomination to the Lord. Whatever issue that we have, we have to find the scripture that roots that out and, and lets us shun it at all costs. Number five, understand that there are consequences to our choices and actions, not just for us, but for those around us. 
Check what happened to King Saul. Because of disobedience, his entire lineage was neglected for the kingdom of Israel. One mistake. Nobody else from his lineage sat on the throne of Israel. One mistake. So it wasn't just him. His entire family suffered. Look at Jonah. An entire shipload of persons almost died because of Jonah's disobedience. And he was aware of it. And thankfully, he was able to tell the man, listen, I'm the problem. And if you don't get rid of me, everybody's going to die. Some of us are causing pain and havoc to others around us simply by being disobedient to God or going contrary to his will in other areas of our lives. And we need to take stock of that. Also in the book of Joshua chapter 7, there was a man called Achan and his family who stole some Babylonian garments and hid it in the camp of Israel. What happened? 30-something men died in a war that they should not even have had to lift a straw to win. And Joshua was like confused and the Lord says there is Babylonian garments. There are cursed things in the camp of Israel and you need to get rid of it. Don't look at me. So we need to be careful that our actions and our choices aren't affecting others around us. Number six, declare in faith those things that God's word says about us. It's not about how we feel. It's not what the world dictates to us. It's not what the enemy whispers in our ears. What does God have to say about me? He says we are righteous. He says we are holy, not because of our goodness, but because of what he has done through Christ and who he is. And so we have to speak those things of our lives. We are blessed and highly favored. We are the head and not the tail. We are above and not beneath. We are redeemed. We are righteous through Christ. We are a holy nation, a royal priesthood, a peculiar people called forth to show his excellence. We have to speak that we are blessed even when things look tough because we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. So declare those things in faith. You got to believe it, but declare those things over your life that you believe based on what the word of God says and not based on our current situation. Number seven, have a plan or a vision. Because according to Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, it says where there is no vision, the people perish. Some of us are going through adversity, not because things are rough just by itself, but we don't have a plan. We're just aimlessly going through life. And I was told that if you live casually, you will end up being a casualty. We don't want to be casualties, whether in the kingdom or just regular citizens here on the earth. We need to be deliberate in what we do. So have a plan. Have a plan. Number eight, commit your plans to the Lord, according to Psalms 37 verse 5. It says, commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him and he will bring it to pass. Don't just come up with a plan and run at it. Commit it to God. Ask for his approval. Ask for his blessing. And if he blesses it, trust me, it will be blessed. Number nine, are you ready for this one? Work. Let me say it again. Work. And work diligently. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 4 says, He becomes poor that deals with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent make it rich. Proverbs 22 verse 29 says, Do you see a man diligent in his business? He shall stand before kings. Work, but don't just work. Work diligently. Work purposefully and watch God work. Because remember, you know, the 4.0 GPA doesn't come because you want it. It comes because you've earned it. 
Likewise, a successful business, career, ministry, relationship, and financial stability. Everything worthwhile requires diligent effort. Nothing significant just happens just like that because we want it to. We have to work, and we have to work diligently at it. Number 10, the last one. Pray non-stop about everything. Pray non-stop about everything. If you can think about it, you should pray about it. If you can think about it, you should pray about it. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 17 says, Pray without ceasing. Pray all the time. Don't stop praying no matter what. In good times, in bad, in happy times, in sad times, feeling good, don't feel good. Never stop praying. In Luke 18 verse 1, Jesus said, May not always to pray and not faint. Don't stop praying, saints. Don't stop praying. And I'll end with this. Philippians 4 verses 6 to 8. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, my brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. I pray that this will help us all to prepare for adversity and to deal with unfavorable circumstances. And as always, be blessed and thanks for tuning in. See you next time on the Kingdom Concepts Podcast. This is your host, Lamar Biggs. Take care.